Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Everybody, hello, Lynn. Hi, how are you? Wonderful. This is a lovely day. It's like spring. I'm sorry, it's summer in fall. It's kind of. It's too know, hot. It's, it's way too hot. And it's well, we're not complaining, but it's muggy and sticky and yuck. Okay. Well, I guess we're complaining anyway. We are. So, so how ha- was your weekend? It was wonderful because my boy was home. Yeah. For a couple of days. So yes, we had a good time. And it was relaxing and be- beautiful weather. Mm-hmm. So happy for that. So yeah, we good. How about you? Did you enjoy the lake? Oh, I did. We had a full house. Yeah. I had my niece and her, I call them main squeeze. Mm-hmm. And um, her and my stepson and his wife. And um, we had a wonderful time. They hit every fair, every event that went on this weekend. Well, I pretty much stayed home and just cleaned up, and they cleaned me out, man. This, uh, the uh, when I came up there with food on Friday evening, the refrigerator was jam packed. When I left on Monday afternoon, nothing there was, was left. Virtually nothing there. Mm-hmm. there was more. It was like the Grinch who stole Christmas. Yes, there, there was, it was more like the Whoville space. refrigerator, the Who's yes. of Whoville. That's it. Uh-huh. So it, we had a wonderful time. We had so much food and so much. It was really good food, and we just we did a lot of things. We we were out in the boat twice. Every single day was wonderful on the boat, and. Uh, we have to t- get it in, take it in earlier this year because uh, it's not... They're lowering the water or something, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, they're lowering the lake, which they do every five years because they have to do some repairs to the dam. So once every five years, we have to get our boats out early, and this is one of those years, mm-hmm. which is sad because it's been so wonderful for boating in the last couple of weeks. It's been great. But it has to come out on the 18th mm-hmm. of September. Has it been wonderful for boat spiders? Yes, there's quite a oh, few of them. Oh, thank God. I'm and I thought of you every yeah, time we saw nice. one. That's very nice. Thank you. Cause I picked one up and threw it out yeah. over the side of the you boat. You did? For I real? Did. With your fingers? <laughs> No, you didn't. Yes, what I if did. It was because I don't you know. Whatever I just you say. thought the poor thing is in the wrong place at the wrong time, so I didn't feel like I needed <sighs> to penalize them. So I picked them up and threw them over the side of the boat. So mm-hmm. maybe what some are they bird like? Really, what is the purpose of spiders? I don't know. Google it. Let's no, because I don't care. I hate them. I'm scared to death. I'm scared well, of them. You're not the only one because um, Kevin, who is uh, Mars. 
main squeeze. He's afraid to. Same thing. Yeah, yeah and well, he saw the creepy. spiders and ran the other way. Well, they're, they're like, a, think about them. They crawl out. I know. Sneak I don't up like on you. Them. They're like mysterious um, and all those kind I of things. I don't like them, but I marvel at what they do. Oh, it's amazing how they, yeah, absolutely. Webs. I know it. And how they set them up so that these unsuspecting flies come along I know, and, and slam they them. grab them. And, and what I don't know is where does that them. stuff come from? What stuff? That web-making stuff. It's it's part of their saliva glands. Is it's that what it that's is? Been adapted that they it comes out of their mouth and ugh, they just ugh, no. God, it's sick. perfectly symmetrical, which is what amazes me. I know that. I know. I don't know how they know, but it's pretty it, cool. They're like they're like quilters. <laughs> they are. Okay, that's what just, it looks like. Yeah. They're, yeah. Nature's quilters. Yep. Yeah, so well. it's it's interesting um, to see how they do that, and and what amazes me is the places that they build their webs. Oh, those places you'll yeah, they'll they'll go. Yeah, you just you don't think about it, but I mean, way up on the top of the boat, they have we have the canopies, and they find the canopies to be the perfect spot. Mm-hmm. And you could be sitting there, like you don't want ever want to do this, but sitting there, and all of a sudden you see one coming down the side. <sighs> The, the bars, the support bars of the canopies, you think, where did that come from? And you look up and you see there are all these incredible webs up there. And then Don't you some, ever take a hose and shoot them down well, with the hose? Well, you can't get a it? hose in the water. That's the problem. <sighs> if I wish you did because then we could clean out the boat and yeah. it'd be great. But you have to take it someplace. Do where they, they have clean power. the boat like of spiders and webs yeah. after, when they take it in? Right. You do like with like a vacuum or something. Winterizing, Oof. and they use power wash and everything else. So they get rid of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, some of them linger. They do, in but it's just that I'm sure. uh, one one time with another boat we had, there were some uh, what do they call those fork-tailed something or other birds that built nests and oh, the thing. I hope they didn't get them out. Well, they. Well, the weird part was when we would leave the dock. If they had something in the nest, they would follow us all around. <gasps> How cute! <laughs> and uh, as soon as we'd stop, you mean like the babies were in the yes. nest and the mama was trying to right. stay there? So they, <gasps> mama and papa, they would all be, you know, oh running around. Oh my our, god! So you had to dive bomb yourself. You know, it's crazy. But they actually waited until we stopped the boat, and then they came back in and did their thing. And then when we brought the oh, boat back to the dock, they were very happy because that's where their family was. Aww. At least for six days or something However until we long came back. that is before they push them out of the nest. And we saw the um, um, eagles where their nest yeah, was. Yeah, they, they're, they're there again they're on gone. that island? Oh, they're yes, gone now? but they're gone. They usually go sometime around the beginning of July. Once the, the babies leave the nest, they're gone, and then they're gone for I don't know where they go, but they come back next year exactly the same place. And speaking of birds, did you... Do you know that story of the swallows of Capistrano? Do you do you know how what happens with those birds? No, I've heard of it, but I don't. Yeah, know. me too. And and it was funny. I was watching the Today Show, and Matt Lauer said, like the, like the swallow, the return of the swallows of Capistrano. We talk about whatever it was, and I said, you know, I'm going to find out what that means. So it's in California. Yeah. And it's San Juan Capistrano, and they leave on. They come back on March 19. Every and they year. every year and they and that's the return and they leave to go to I forget it. San Juan, isn't it? No, I forget. I thought it was San Juan, Puerto Argentina Rico. or Australia or somewhere. I don't know. And then they come back on the same day, the 23rd or the 28th of October. Mm-hmm. They 
they leave to go back to where they're going. So they're there from March until... And they stay in these old, because the place was destroyed, so there's all rock and ruin, and they make their nests and hang out in that whole area there. And one of them is on St. Joseph's Day, I think. And it's just, it's unbelievable to know that they know to go back to the same place. I know. I, well, the same with the butterflies. The I know. It's butterflies. just amazing to me when you really think about these little creatures in nature and, and they how go they thousands of miles. I know. Thousands. It, it, yeah. I don't know where that and radar is. And don't their like wings get tired or I would like think that's, so. But then they float with the what do you call those the Yeah, I know what um, you mean. Oh, thermals. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Thermals. Yes. That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So, a little speech on nature. Are we, we you <laughs> might you think you probably think you're that guy from Mutual of Omaha. <laughs> Remember that? Yes. I couldn't stand when that show was on Sunday nights. Mutual of Omaha, Marlon Perkins, and, and Jim. Yes. Was it Jim or something? <laughs> yeah, that's that the one. Drive me. I thought, I don't want to know about this stuff. But now it's, it's amazing mm-hmm. when you think about it. So speaking of nature, you know, I have to talk about we're having our, which I will be speaking about every week until it happens, our first ever hospice remembrance walk on October 1st at McDade Park. And it's going to be a lovely, lovely morning of remembrance, uh, prayer service, balloon release. Um, we have food, both bre- lunch, breakfast and lunch um, provided by Mansours, who are one of our sponsors. Mansours, um, our good friend Carolyn Baldy and Mike Cat- Catalano. And... Um, Chili Willie, Donnie Martin's little um, ice cream truck will be there for ice cream. And we're having some fun things going on. Uh, um, Strolling magician Jack Martin and his wonderful DJing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Face painting and some things for the kids. And it's going to be a nice little walk. I said, what's really nice is it's not an overly structured thing. The the loop is only a mile. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of a nice where there's no, you come in, you register, have a little breakfast. At 9 o'clock, we're going to have the prayer service and then the balloon release and a very reflective sort of day where you can still walk around you know for the mile loop go around three times four to have whatever you want but it's going to be a lot of reflection right around the pond and just just a nice peaceful sort of day and I think it's going to be a little bit different than most walks which we're happy about so that we can make it our own and have more of a symbolic, um, meaningful remembrance of someone who is who you're um, who you've lost and you want to remember. Well, I think the difference there is it's not a competitive race. In no, 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 it's not. So, that. you know, it's just it, it's a good opportunity just to um, take some time, I think, just to think about. Uh, for me, it would be thinking about the struggle of it, the struggle of um, death, and then uh, finally coming to terms with it, and how the people at hospice were just so magnificent. Yeah, that's for my uncle who mm-hmm. passed away la- oh, not not even a year ago. Is it now? It'll soon it'll be, be here right? in November. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, we have so many people who just 
will step up and say it will we'll support it and sponsor it and, and Andrew Browns is our presenting sponsor which we thank them and we have People's Security Bank and Dr. Bucci Dr. Um, Frank Bucci and his Bucci Laser Vision and the real estate company the agency is also one of our sponsors so mm-hmm. big presenting sponsor is Andrew Browns and the other ones there are several above the other levels so it's going to be a, a really really nice day so you can go on to hospice uh, sacredheart.org and uh, register and it's $25 ahead of time $30 after uh, September 14th mm-hmm. and you can register day of t-shirt little goodie bag breakfast lunch and some ice cream isn't that nice Sounds pretty good yeah 25 bucks huh yeah Sounds like a deal it is so what else um I have a slow week. I don't have a lot to talk about, you know, because well, I've been... You, did you go to Festa? No. No, mm-hmm. I didn't either. Lynn, La Festa, as much as I love it, is a is nothing gluten-free. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes. John ran in to pick up potato pancakes from my mother. Uh-huh. Um, now, they might be, because if they're not frying anything else in that and it's just the potato pancakes, then... But they could put flour. A lot of times they put flour on this, so you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I said that's like gluten heaven there, as much as I would love to. So if you do that, or I could have gone to just the music. I didn't even go to the fireworks this year. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's Which we usually do. You. I know. But we were so, we were just doing a lot at home and with everybody else. It just got, we ate late the night of the fireworks. So we just stayed home and hung out there. And Cadnoran and, and Barbara, my sister Barbara Cadden came over and we had a nice little picnic on Sunday night. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And Saturday night we went to Natalie's. Uh-huh. Had a nice dinner with my boy. And then um, and did, Monday. What, what did you have? Do you have the uh, the gluten free pasta? Actually, what the gluten? I'm lying about Saturday night. That that was Monday night. My mother and sister came. Oh. Saturday night, Sean wanted to. He went up to uh, Lake Ariel and came home, and he wanted um, Calarusos coal fryer pizza because mm-hmm. he gets. They do have a gluten free. So he came home late, and we were there late, and that's what happened. But what? I, well, I said I thought if you did go to Natalie's, um, they have the gluten-free pasta there, right? That, and they have, they'll make anything that they can gluten-free for you, which is nice. And Sean loves their cheesecake because they do that gluten-free, so mm-hmm. they're, he's always happy when we go there. Okay. And, of course, it's a great time to go to the restaurants during Italian festival because there's not a lot of people. That's right. So it works out. <laughs> but they had a nice crowd, believe it or not. So, <clears throat> Well, as I understand uh, from my niece and my nephew, uh, not my niece and her boyfriend and my other folks who went they said that the place was absolutely packed jammed. yeah it's a great good thing they had a great great weekend so that's all good for for the italian festival and the folks at uh, uh, la festa so congratulations and we're going to take a fast break you're listening this morning to the laurie and lynn show we'll be right back here's laurie and lynn good morning good morning My name is Lynn Evans. I am the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women, available on Amazon.com. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And I have to add that... um, 
two things that the podcast I have, Power of the Purse podcast, which is on iTunes and um, Google Play, has been out now for I think five or six weeks. Uh, we've put out one podcast a week and have been getting some really great reviews. So if anyone's interested, that's it's powerofthepursepodcast.com. You can go there and subscribe or go into iTunes or Google Play and listen. Most of these interviews are between half an hour and 40 minutes long, and they're really pretty exciting. I, I really think the women I've talked to have been spectacular. They're really great, successful women. And then on September 14th, we're also releasing my first webinar. It's about 401k plans. And uh, what do you do with them? Because most people know they're, that they're in them. But then the question is, well, when I get to the other end of the road, what do I do? So that was the, the intent of that one. And um, got some book signings coming up. Yeah, where? Um, in There's a, a private one for members of a group called Circle 200 at Note Fragrances in downtown Scranton. And another one that's open to the general public at Cocoon, which is um, a part of the, what do we call that, the... the the big, I always call it the castle that's in Hawley, Pennsylvania. It's a place where Lackawanna College has a complete floor. They uh -huh. do the hospitality thing there. And it's it's a big monster building, but Cocoon is actually a separate outbuilding from this. And we're, we have to get the time and place, well, got the place, but the time, uh, we have to confirm that. But it's on the 24th of September, which I believe is the Saturday. And, uh, yeah, it's a Saturday. I'm not sure when yet. I'll let you know as we get further along. But the book signing will, will be really a lot of fun. I've done three of them so far and had a blast doing them. Uh -huh. A lot of fun. So that's what's going on in my world. When you have those book signings, do you mention my name? Not at all. <laughs> Why? When I have my book signing, I, oh, I talk about you. Yeah, right. Which one is that? God. What book? It's no. available on Amazon.com. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Look, and I have many books I can write. Oh, I well, don't. you could you know write what I mean? them. I know Can you, you help could. me? Yes, I would. Because you know it. I don't like to write. I would do it. I in like a heartbeat. to talk. You can just I could dictate talk. it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Put it all on <clears throat> on yeah. that, and then and then it. I could. I'll write just it get a ghost you. writer. And there you go. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of them out there. They will do that. Yeah, scary. Very mm -hmm. scary. Well. It's so a crazy week, as you said, too. It's been, this is a short week. Short week, and it's a lot of, so, yeah, I just uh, thought I, I found something interesting that was written in our, what I guess they call them, our rags, you know, for the financial planning uh, community. It's a, a, a not a phone book. What is wrong with my Whoa. mouth? I, I'm just like, the. All right. It is from a magazine. <laughs> and an online magazine called Financial Advisor. And this was uh, an article written by a friend of mine, Mitch Anthony, and it's called Life Intermissions. This is an interesting story because one of the things that Mitch has done for years is done a lot of work with um, understanding phases of retirement and what is a successful retirement. Most people think of successful retirement as something where if you've got enough money to sustain your standard of living, that's successful. 
He says that there are so many other ways to consider what's success when you're looking at retirement. He has a new concept that he's talked about, which this he came out with called Life Intermissions. So he talks about his friend George, who worked for a Fortune 500 company for 30 years and, quote, retired, unquote, in his early 50s. A year off and out was enough to recharge him, so he decided to start a new nonprofit to deal with racial tensions in our city. And if I recall, our city is... Um, somewhere in the Midwest. I want to say it's in Minneapolis. I may be wrong, but Mitch is from that area. A decade later, he handed the reins to a new director and, quote, retired, unquote, again. A year later, you guessed it, he began his third act with a foundation dealing with macro-level cultural problems. What if, instead of drawing an end to your working life, you only need an intermission? A 2014 study by Age Wave called Work in Retirement, Myths and Motivations lends some interesting language to the discussion of the place of work in today's retirement discussion. One term that caught my eye was the idea of career intermission. For years, I've been cautioning retirees who think they want a forever break from work that what they really need is a decompression period. Mm -hmm. According to this study, 52% of retirees are doing just that. That's huge, 52%. And then they get back into some. Mm -hmm. So he said, instead of leaving the workplace early, over half of today's retirees are taking some time out to recharge, possibly retool for their next act. As we discussed in earlier columns this year, the highest percentage of entrepreneurs today are from the retirement age group. I love that statistic because I think it's great that so many people now have an opportunity. They've got the resources, they've got the time, and they say, let me try a business. So he said roughly one-third of all retirees fall into three categories. One, those who cycle between work and leisure, that's 33%. Two, those who engage in part-time work, that's 35%. And those who never work for pay, again, that's 28%. I was floored by that because I thought most people, even I look at my own client base, most people who retire retire from ever getting paid again they mm -hmm. just volunteer have things they or, do. Yeah, or and, hobbies or something but he says it's only 28 percent mm -hmm. that's that's a little over a quarter percent mm -hmm. that is amazing you thought it was more much more but anyway individuals are becoming more comfortable with the idea of moving in and out of employment or possibly just ratcheting down the intensity of their level of work without ever actually discontinuing it completely not only do they want to recharge but also to test the waters of the workless lifestyle to contemplate what other types of engagements might satisfy them and to attend to other responsibilities in life like caregiving and family Psychologist Nancy Schlossberg came up with the phrase psychological portfolio to help people think through the idea that not only are they leaving something when they retire, but they're beginning something new. In a study of 100 retirees, she found that retirement is not one but many transitions and that people's ability to cope with these depends on the following. Number one, the role of work and family in their lives. 
Number two, the timing of their retirement. Number three, the degree to which work has been satisfying for them and the degree to which retirement has been planned for. Four, the expectations they have about retirement. Five, the degree to which a meaningful life is established for them. Six, I think this should probably be first, their health. Yeah. And seven, their sense of financial security, which should be number two. But for most of us, there'll be many question marks around most of these, and the answers may not be immediate. Schlossberg identified the following attitudes common to newbies at retirement. Continuers. That's, they are those who continue to pursue their existing skills and interests. Two, adventurers starting entirely new endeavors. Three, searchers explore new options through trial and error. Four, easy gliders <laughs> enjoy unscheduled time letting each day unfold. Five, involve spectators. They care deeply about the world but engage in less active ways and then retreaters. They take time out or disengage from life. It's interesting. You mm-hmm. go through all kinds of that stuff. But uh, there's more to it. And I, but and don't I, you, do you think, Lynn, that people who may do other jobs do it out of, do you think people who have more than Social Security to keep them going for the rest of their lives are more apt to look for something else? Yeah. Yeah. Only because they have the money to do it? No, I think that there are people that if they have more than just Social Security and they have money in 401k plans and maybe pensions, whatever they've got, they're people that probably were earning a lot more money during their working lifetime because those other assets, you have to contribute to them for the most part. So if you did that, you had extra income to be able to do that. So I think that people who are looking at that scenario are people that enjoyed being engaged in some kind of activity outside their homes. And so when they know that they're financially capable of doing it, they're still looking for that, we call it something like uh, significance. Baby boomers, more than any other generation, have been looking for something that gives them a sense of their lives having some meaning when they retire. So maybe it looks like it's a uh, volunteer position, but they could get paid for some of it, Mm -hmm. and they'll take that because it's some extra income, or they start a brand new business doing something that's really always had some meaning for them, even if it's just fun. Even if it's fun, they will do those things because they can't imagine a blank slate in front of them. They need some structure to it. Okay. And so those are the people that generally become the entrepreneurs, even if it's just something like um, they're doing it out of their basement. So maybe it's a guy who thought he really loved making birdhouses. So he just starts doing that because he has the time to do it. And all of a sudden, he's selling them Mm -hmm. and people want them. And now it gets more and more of a business. And then he decides, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Or it's a woman who says, I bake pies and I really would love to bake some more pies. There are things that are more for uh, to fill in the blanks and also because it's something they enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. How old now are the oldest baby boomers? The first year of baby boomers. How old are they? I remember when they turned 60. So how long ago? I think is it 1946? Is that the year? That's what I was just going to say. That's the earliest one they consider to be a baby boomer. Okay, so so there's 70. Yes, 70. Mm -hmm. That's the oldest one. That's 10. I remember when they were saying the oldest baby boomers are turning 60. The first 
18th class of boomers because it's 46 to 64, right? Yes. And that's sort of Gen X right around there, too. That's when Generation X started. Yeah. After that, yes. Right. But then we have the millennials. No, the millennials. Well, they're later. Think, they're my really. kids' ages. I don't know. I got lost with yeah, all but Generation I was just, y, That's right, because they're 70 years old. Yes. So, um, and didn't they say at some point at every day, like 10,000 people are turning that's, that's the, number. the next age? 10,000 yeah, 10, people, people turn 65 every, every day in day. this country. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It's just phenomenal. When it's you think. phenomenal, and it's great because when you're younger, you think, wow, you have that to look forward to, whereas years and years and years ago, they were that just wasn't the, the, the plan. No. So now you just keep looking. When and they, I find even, too, on the Today Show, when they say happy birthday to these uh, 100-year-old-plus people, it's amazing how many people are 100-plus. And, and the way they, they look. I'm just going to say, see what they look like? My they look God, fabulous. Yes, it's unbelievable. Fabulous. It's unbelievable. They really do look good. Well, keep keep it up and... It's yeah. all good. It's all right, good. well, we're going to leave you um, until, uh, well, not for, for one more segment, till our Miss uh, uh, Attorney Barbara J. O'Hara comes up. She'll be up next to talk about all things family law. And um, But we will be back. So stay tuned, keep listening, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Laurie and Lynn Show. Here's Laurie and Lynn. Good morning. We're back. It's... Um, third and um, best part of this program. <laughs> we have our guest expert with us today, attorney uh, Barbara O'Hara, who's with, I gotta get this right, because I never do get it right. Um, Nichols? No, no. Hughes, Nichols, Hughes, and O'Hara. Nichols, and O'Hara. And actually, it's I, an alphabetical order. I know at this you point, said that to me, and I it, forget. It's an age order, too. <laughs> oh, all right. Even better. Okay, so from Hughes, Nichols, and O'Hara, Barbara's here to talk about. Um, things that are relative to divorce and um, child custody and I guess you call it collectively family law? Yes, and today's topic um, was something that uh, that we had discussed, that Lynn and I were discussing back in June mm -hmm. about uh, some tax aspects of divorce and, and separation. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to talk about that. It, it's not a juicy topic, but it's so relevant to a lot of people. Yeah, sure And is. people have to start thinking in terms of, of how do all these things impact me from a tax perspective. Mm -hmm. So um, first and foremost, they, um, it would be your tax filing status. You can file jointly if you're still married by, the, by December 31st of that year. But that also means you need the concurrence of your spouse. Do not file a joint tax return without getting the concurrence of your spouse. I've had clients do that, <laughs> where they, they will just file a joint tax return and the other spouse doesn't know that they filed a joint tax return. So they filed very, separately or something? And the, uh, Some of them filed separately. Some of them didn't, didn't need to file because they didn't have income, oh, but they didn't okay. realize that the other spouse filed jointly mm -hmm. yes you do need the concurrence and yes you you need well in the old days back when everybody filed on paper you needed them to sign do not file without the concurrence of your spouse if you're <laughs> filing a joint tax return obviously um, then you always need good accounting uh, tax preparer advice so know what the rules are about claiming dependence now 
if you have primary custody of, of the child, then you can claim that child unless you've agreed to give it up in writing. And by agreeing to give it up in writing, that means that you should have, a, it's an IRS form 8332, which is, I acknowledge I have primary custody of the child. I'm agreeing to give up claiming that child for this year. On the form, you can also do future years. Oh, so okay. when I am negotiating a, a, a divorce, and if we are successful in negotiating who claims the children, where let's say I represent the non-custodial parent, the parent who doesn't have primary custody of the children, at that point, I may very want well want to be able to have my client claim the child because it helps in their tax filing status mm -hmm. and also helps with the exemption. Okay? Well, wouldn't it make some sense, though, if you have... Um, if you're, let's say, you're representing the, the client in the divorce who has the greater income, that that person would want to file jointly. Yes, yes, you yes. do. You do. So, however, yeah. however, the problem is, let's say you're, you're trying to negotiate. There's two children, um, husband is the greater wage earner, and mom is the custodial parent and sometimes you can't get an agreement oh. even though even though know, it would make sense even though it makes Financially. sense but yeah. there there's a lot of emotions that run that are con contrary mm -hmm. to what makes sense okay and sometimes you have people who say well they don't have custody therefore they can't claim that has nothing to do with with you know what makes good financial sense that's an important and point sometimes that really is because a lot of people presume that if they have custody of a child it is their right and their obligation to take that child as a dependent on their tax returns and yes. it's not and it's not okay, okay. so that yeah. yes the the person who has primary custody does have the right to claim but it doesn't affect your custody rights if you say, okay, fine, we're going to alternate claiming our one and only child. Mm -hmm. And one year you claim, the next year I claim. They should file an IRS 8332 because under no circumstances should both of you claim. Because what will happen <laughs> right. is the first one to claim electronically will get that exemption. And then when the second person, who might be the rightful person, goes to claim that same child, the system won't, let, won't take that. Because wow. already you put in the social security number of that right. child, and the system won't take it. Mm -hmm. So you can do a paper filing, and what will happen is the IRS will catch on to the fact that both parents have claimed the same child, and they will write to them and say, who had the right to? Which is your custody order. Yeah. Or if you had an agreement, your agreement says who has the right to claim the, the children, and you always should do the 8332 form. So if you have the right to claim the child, but you're not the custodial parent, then get the form signed and attach it to your return. So it avoids the whole hassle of, of wait a minute, both of you claimed and who had the right to. Because that usually catches up a year and a half to two years later, mm -hmm. and the, the IRS doesn't take kindly to the fact that both parents claimed and only one had the right to. And then you would have um, a difference in the tax returns. Uh, yes. And, and you have penalties yes. and interest. All, and all of that. that. Oh, yeah. So it costs not you good. money. So that is not yeah. a good idea. And don't think just because you're the one that filed first, ha, 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 I got, <laughs> I, I claim, I claim the kids, even though I didn't have the right to. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So that, that is, is 
Very important. Okay. Um, so, uh, okay. So that some of the other, hey, Miss Lori, um, some of the other tax-related issues. Uh, number one, you have the sale of a primary residence. Well, you're not taxed on that. Mm-hmm. And typically, in a divorce, where let's say you get certain assets and he gets certain assets, that's not a taxable event. That's considered a barter. So the fact that maybe you got the house and he got a 401k, that that exchange is not a taxable event. Mm-hmm. However, when you start taking money out of the 401k, it is taxable because that's never been taxed before. The house, when you go to sell it, if it's been your primary residence, is not taxable. So you, you're supposed to, the divorce code says you're supposed to look at what what the tax impact of things are Mm -hmm. so that when you're comparing let's say a bank account to a 401k the 401k you should look at what's the tax impact on that so that if i need to pay 20 percent in taxes you reduce the 401k balance when you're comparing that to something that that would be not something that's taxed yeah okay so that you're you're dealing with with like quantities rather than a pre-tax account compared to a regular account where you would not, if you made a withdrawal, you wouldn't be taxed. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Now with 401ks, things like that, the best thing to do is let's say your husband has a hundred thousand dollar 401k. You're going to get half of it. Some people will say, oh, good, that's $50,000 I have in the bank. No, no, it's not. And you are given a time period, is it 60 days? Yes. To to roll that over into an IRA so that you are not taxed on it. Mm -hmm. The best thing to do is to go directly from the 401k into your IRA rollover so that you don't need to prove to the IRS that that I made that transfer and it was within the 60 days, so I'm not taxed on it. Mm-hmm. If you can possibly not withdraw any money from that, then you don't get hit with the tax. So if you have an option of here's a bank account, here's a 401k, don't think of them as the same thing. That's right. The 401k, any withdrawals would be taxed, whereas the bank account is a bank account and you're not taxed when you use it. So, uh, and if you say, I, You know, if you have a situation where, hey, I want to get set up and I need some money, I tell clients, think about how much you need. Because if you're taking money out of a pension or retirement asset, you're going to get taxed on that. Mm -hmm. And it's substantial tax. So that don't think in terms of, well, it's not the gross. uh, It's not not the gross. And if you take out 20,000, it's not 20,000 you're going to end up with. Right. It's going to be a whole lot less than that. Mm -hmm. So I always tell them if if you need to take money out at the time of your divorce, which is the time to do it, you are going to get taxed on that, but take out as little as you think you need. Okay? (laughs) Because that's the time to make a withdrawal, but it also is the the time when you should be rolling over the other part. Barbara, so if I only need ten thousand out of the fifty, roll over the forty. Mm-hmm. Are people do people do that mostly because there's not always liquid cash to do? Yes. So that's the only thing they have. They have to take that. Yes. If they had cash, and this may be just a, a question that both of you could, if they had the option of both, 
or you didn't want to deal with one and you decided to do the other. Is Always that do the non-tax. Right. That's Don't right, do yeah. the pension or right. retirement asset. Right, mm-hmm. right, Lynn? Yes, exactly. You know, because it, it, it's going to cost you money. Right. And don't look at a 401k as a bank account. It is not a bank account. Mm-hmm. It, it is something that will cost you taxes. Yeah. And, you know, the some places will withhold 20% and some places won't. And if you don't have that 20% or whatever your tax rate is at the end, you are expected to pay that. And what happens when you do start to take it out? You're taxed on it too, right? Are you taxed so on who cares? Yes. Either way, you're getting slammed. Uh, you're going to get slammed. Depending on however, which, how much, depending on your age. Right. Right? And the well, other thing no, is, depending upon what your other income is. Yeah. Oh, the other thing too. is, yeah. if you keep the money in the 401k, that portion which you are not taking out is still growing tax deferred, as they call it. But another point that I think is important to make that you just talked about earlier, Barbara, was if you do take the money out and you're under the age of 59 and a half, mm-hmm. you have an additional 10% penalty just because of your age, mm-hmm. plus whatever the taxes are that you owe. So it's designed to be a great deterrent for people to take money out of qualified pension plans. Right. So to go back Not to your good. question, if you had the option of a bank account, and a 401k, always pick the bank account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you, it, because, you know, you, you don't have taxes on penalties. So they're not equal. If you have 50000 in a bank account and 50000 in it in a 401k, roll over the 401k, pretend to, like you don't have it, so it continues to grow But for they you. do count that towards your equitable distribution oh, sure as total assets, correct? The mm-hmm. total amount that's the, in there? The right way to look at it is to say it's that amount less less the tax okay okay not everybody looks at it like that right i mean the code says that you should be looking at what the tax impact is okay okay so from that perspective you know never consider a 401k to be your bank account to go and and just take money out of it and i realize that that Sometimes the economic reality is that you don't have, have the luxury of, of doing that. Right. So take out only as little as you need. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, s- okay. and that's it. <laughs> and that's <laughs> it. Bottom line. That's yeah. bottom line. Yes. We have time for about one, one more quick okay. thing. Um, payments. Uh, I, I'm following this article that Lynn, Lynn was kind enough to give me. Payments after divorce, child support, alimony, and life insurance. Okay. Child support is not deductible under any circumstances, not a a deduction. Alimony is a deduction, and it's taxable income to the person who gets it. So that, uh, I know, you're looking at me like, wow. And I actually didn't know until a while ago that it was even still a a, a thing you could get in Pennsylvania. It is, it is. And and lots and lots of people will say to me, there's no alimony in Pennsylvania. And I'm always amused at people (laughs) quoting the law back to me, and it's usually not true. (laughs) Hello, I do this for a living. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but yes, there is alimony in Pennsylvania. In a lot of cases, you don't get awarded alimony. Spousal support is what the dependent spouse would get from when they, fi- when they file for spousal support up until the divorce. Alimony would be after the divorce. And there's criterion for getting alimony, and it's what's called a secondary remedy in Pennsylvania because they look to see, can we give the dependent spouse more assets rather than alimony? And 
that actually works out to be a better thing in a lot of cases because people lose their jobs and then the alimony stream isn't there anymore and it, it it ends up being better to get a greater share of the assets and then you have that control Barb, how much percentage of the time? Okay, I'll wait till next time. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry. so stay so tuned for next month. month. <laughs> if you could have seen stay the face, for it's a good thing this they? isn't television because if you could have seen Lynn's face, you'd so Barbara, how can they get a hold of you? I can be reached at five seven zero three four four seven one seven one. My my name again is Barbara O'Hara. I'm with Hughes Nicholson O'Hara, and we are in Dunmore, but I service the Lackawanna, Luzerne, Wyoming, Wayne and Susquehanna counties. Well, Barbara, thank you for joining us today. Thank Lynn, you. Always a have pleasure. a good weekend, everybody. Peace. And we'll get to your question next, next month. time. There yeah. we go. All right. Everybody. I gladly will take anybody's question. Yes. Um, I do need them ahead of time so that I make sure that it's not something I can't comment on a current case, either side. Um, but it can. I can be emailed at at us. Yes. Us. It's, I, it just say Lynn at laurieandlynnshow.com There we go. And I'll gladly take your questions. Okay. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Have a good weekend. Be safe and be nice. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.